Welcome to On Tangent, where online marketing, entrepreneurship, and life collide. I'm Maida, your online marketing bestie and fellow entrepreneur. It wasn't long ago that I was a corporate slave shackled by golden handcuffs, but now I get to run a flexible, fulfilling business that allows me to make an impact that extends far beyond me. Here, we believe in the power of free-flowing conversations and unfiltered discussions, where every topic is fair game, and there are no boundaries and no limits. Join me as we dive into conversations that will equip, entertain, and inspire you throughout your entrepreneurship journey with a dash of humor, lots of curiosity, and a touch of unpredictability. After all, life and marketing is full of surprises. Ready to join me? Grab your coffee or tea and let's get chatting. Hello and welcome to another episode of On Tangent, my friends. Today we're talking about what a marketing strategy actually is. And I think when you go online, you see a lot of people talking about you need a strategy. Like marketing strategies are so important and make sure you've got a solid strategy when you start your business. Like that sounds great and all, but what the heck does that actually mean? What is a marketing strategy? So that's what Celine and I are going to tackle today. That's what we're talking about. Um, so yeah, I've got Celine here with me. Hello, hello. Hi, Celine. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. I know. I was going to say, I feel like we haven't had an episode with you on it in a hot minute. Yeah. No, I'm back. I'm here to talk about strategy. And I think this topic, like you said, is so important because everybody seems to have like a different opinion or idea of like what a strategy is, what's involved, and like obviously like what's involved or like what you put into your strategy is going to be different depending on what you do, et cetera. But we're just here to kind of like lay the groundwork, I hope. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, to that point, a strategy can be so unique, but- at the end of the day, like obviously every business is different. Every business needs a custom strategy. But at the end of the day, like the backbones of a strategy are like the the foundation the of it. Right. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. The foundation of a strategy is pretty much the same. Um, there are certain things or like certain general areas that you really have to make sure that you cover in order like in your own strategy whatever the strategy might be at the end of the day you still have to cover a few basic key components to make your marketing as effective as possible so we're actually going to talk about those key components here today and there are seven that i've got here on my mind but if we think of any more if we if there's anything more like you know, crucial that comes up along the way. We'll make sure to mention those as well. But these are the seven that from our experience that we've always made sure to include and talked about and really honed in on. All right. So the first key component that I want to talk about today, and some of you might roll your eyes (laughs) when you (laughs) say this, because I think, again, it's one of those things that's all over social media, but I think it doesn't get talked about in much detail, unfortunately. And that is defining your target audience. It is absolutely crucial. And that's why it's the very first thing that we've got listed out here for you guys is defining your target audience to essentially you want to clearly define 
who you are trying to sell your services or your products to. And you want to get, obviously, you want to, you know, stay kind of high level at first. We're talking about like demographics, geographics, like behavioral details, like income levels, things like that. But you absolutely want to dig a lot deeper than that with psychographics like how does your ideal client or customer think what is their biggest pain points what are their desires what are their goals like if they're a business owner what are their business goals what are they struggling with on a daily basis like if you have to do some sort of visualization practice (laughs) putting yourself in their shoes that's even better although that might sound silly but that's actually a very good way of doing it like imagining yourself give the ideal client a name so if it's Alex for example like I am Alex today what are the problems I'm dealing with today or what are the goals I have that are coming up and how can I what do I need help with to get there those are some quick thoughts that I have on that right now yeah no and I totally agree like I know it sounds silly, like, oh, you have to come up with this imaginary person for you to sell your product or your services to, but it is so, so, so important. And I don't care if to come up with your like target audience or ideal persona or whatever you want to call them, like if you have to literally create a character sheet, more or less, like you will be better off doing that than just kind of blindly guessing like, oh, I think the problem that people in this space or industry you're facing is this let me go off and run with that because your ideal like customer profile your target audience that is sort of the thing that you're going to use to guide everything else that comes out of your strategy so like all of your messaging the only way you're going to come up with anything that resonates like really deeply with what their actual problems are is if you take the time to spend like you take the time to identify what the, what they are and like really understand them Because if you don't, like, you run the risk of your messaging coming across as really, like, generic or you're not going to find the right words or the things that that they're going to identify with. I'm, like, having a hard time articulating this, but basically, you want to understand them to a point that you can speak to them about the same language. Because if you were, even if you guys are talking about the same problem in your messaging, if you are talking about it in a way that makes sense to them... They're not going to connect with it. It's not going to stick with them. And they're not going to, like, the the solution that you have isn't always going to land. Mm-hmm. You know, so you want to spend time speaking their language, basically. Right. And I think what you're kind of referring to is for the listeners, like, if you guys imagine yourself, like, I'm sure you've come across a scenario where you read something online or wherever, like, in a book, wherever, And you're like, wow, how the heck did this person get in my head? Like, how did they know I was thinking this? Or how did they know I was literally dealing with this struggle today? So if you can make someone think and feel that way, then you have absolutely hit the mark with your messaging and you are very much in tune with who your target audience is. Because to reach that kind of level of understanding with your target audience is like elite (laughs) in my opinion and you got to spend a lot of time doing that so don't be afraid to do that even in the beginning and it also if you're going in like you're a little uncertain about stuff really honing in on your target audience will help you do some of the research to like defining that problem if you can't like do it right away based on the research you have that 
is kind of giving you an area to focus on like, okay, what are their problems? Are there any existing solutions? So it's all in the name of getting to where you need to go. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. That was all about target audience, making sure to define your target audience very clearly. So the next key component that we've got that is crucial for your marketing strategy is market analysis and the research phase. So I know a lot of people might hear research or analysis and might run the other way, but you really, really cannot skip this step because it's literally going to inform your entire strategy and what's to come in the next few weeks, months, years, and so on. So don't skip that. But basically, you want to conduct a very thorough research phase of your industry, your competitors, like we said, like your target audience. Celine just briefly mentioned, like if you're already researching your target audience, you're kind of also doing the market research okay. on them. So that's kind of like hitting two birds with one stone. But you also want to, again, research your industry, your competitors. You want to look at any trends like what is happening in your industry in 2023? What are predictions for 2024? And so on. Like any of those kinds of trends you want to be aware of. And all of that combined is going to help inform your strategy. And it will also identify any opportunities where you can fill a void you plug yourself in in a different way that others might not have that your competitors are potentially lacking in so again in your marketing strategy you absolutely need to do your market analysis and research yeah i mean might have really hit that one on the head like just getting to know the landscape that you're in is super valuable it might not always be stuff that you use necessarily in your strategy or in your messaging which we'll talk about next or just, you know, as you kind of like craft your brand identity, especially if you're just starting out, but having like a handle on what's going on, existing solutions, any new trends or like predictions that you can make or patterns that you might see will help you kind of stay ahead of the problems that people might be facing, a way for you to provide new value and stuff like that. And even if you're an existing business and you have a product that people really like, the market doesn't stay the same forever. That's kind of like the good and the bad of having your own business and working in marketing is that things are always changing. So you get to try new things. So always kind of keep your pulse on what is it that people like, don't like, what they need, new stuff that's coming up. And yeah. Yeah. And you make a really good point there because I think a common misconception about strategy is that you build a strategy, you create one, and then you have to stick to it the way exactly the way that you did it right like okay. in two weeks we have to do this in one month we have to do that but in reality your strategy should be flexible and the best strategies are flexible because mm -hmm. guess what the market is very like flexible itself like things change it all, all the, the time. time yeah yeah so like just because you have a strategy doesn't mean it's a hundred percent set and done like you definitely have to be a flexible person and know that your strategy will also change okay. and like i said that the best strategies are the ones that are adaptable that can yeah. change when when the punches come in you kind of just you roll, roll with, with it <laughs> yes exactly like i think like a good strategy 
gives you a good direction on where to start so that you're never flying blind in any of the, like the marketing stuff or the business stuff that you're doing, but it also leaves room for change is kind of the point. Yes, exactly. All right. So that was a lot of good information about market analysis and research. The next topic or the next key component about your marketing strategy that you really, that we think you really should be focusing on is we've also kind of alluded to this already a little bit, but brand positioning and messaging. So what do we mean by that? It's basically determining how you want to differentiate your company or your product and defining your brand identity and messaging to appeal to your target audience. So we kind of talked about that in the very beginning, but making sure that you understand what messaging will relate to your target audience and actually use that. So like if you know word for word what your target audience might actually be saying and using that to help you message for your product to like bring the message about your product across your target audience. Again, that's elite (laughs) in my opinion. (laughs) So like if, for example, my target audience is small business owners and I know that word for word, this is maybe what they say is, I am so frustrated. I don't even know where to start. Like just knowing that as a business owner on my end, I can understand, okay, so they are frustrated and they need help understanding where their starting point is within like whatever industry, like marketing or wherever wherever they're working, right? So for me, I can use that in several different ways to help me message my services or my offers that maybe say something, I don't, this probably isn't like the best slogan or whatever, but... <laughs> It's 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 going to help me to say maybe if it, if I'm like providing one on one coaching, I can say I will I know where to start. Let me just like let me help you get started as well like, or something along those lines. Right? right. Where that directly hits home with them and says, oh, you know what? I'm having a hard time understanding where to even get started. She's already got the experience. She knows exactly where to start. So let me get in touch with her. I think I need her services. Yeah, I think, no, I totally agree with everything you said. And I think when you think about brand positioning and messaging, this is where the other two things that we talked about really come in. Like you, it's going to be really hard to position your brand and to get people's eyes on you, especially when there's so many products and businesses that are out there online. If you don't know exactly who you want to be in front of and you haven't done any research on kind of like what you or like what they're anticipating, like what the market for that th- that solution that you're offering is. And same with the strategy, like your messaging needs to be fluid. Like I come from a B2B space, right? So things change a little bit more slowly, but they definitely still do change. And this kind of happened in one of these calls where we thought, you know, this business has been around for a couple of years. We're running ads, like we have an idea of what we think the keywords are for a specific ad group that'll perform really well. And then, you know, like the marketing team sits in on a sales call and the customer is like talking about this thing and you're like, and you know, it took us a second, like, what are they referring to? Like, what, what is this thing? Is this like a new service or something? It turns out they were talking about something that we already offered, but they were using a different term for it. So yeah, no, like, so definitely be open to like hearing how things change. This is where the market research analysis and awareness, keeping a pulse on things definitely comes into play because 
if we hadn't sat in on that call, we would have kept running ads with the same ad words that people obviously were using. <laughs> wow. That's a good catch. Yeah. It was <laughs> good that crazy. it happened because, be, you know, because before that we had been looking at like ad data, like, well, these aren't performing the way that we like normally expect them to, but okay, you know, maybe this is just less popular or like they don't need this thing. This market doesn't need this thing anymore, but that is totally not true. They still definitely needed that thing. It was just not what we were calling it. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a big difference. That yeah. that can definitely make a huge difference in your marketing. That's a good reminder to like look at your company and at your strategy holistically, not just from one yes. side. So a thousand percent. It's so easy, like as marketing people or just as business people, when you're in the business or you're doing the things, like you're in it day to day, right? Like you don't think about it. Mm-hmm. So definitely make sure to like step back or look at it from a different angle participate in that call that you don't normally listen to because that perspective can totally make a big difference to what you do just marketing wise or or your business as a whole too and that's also kind of why i love the idea of when you're like researching your target audience so like assuming you don't actually have a team and like there isn't a customer involved let's just assume like you're the you're a one person show or maybe you have uh-huh. a very small team and your customers are kind of like mainly online or you uh-huh. might run into them in like coffee shops and things like that right assuming that's our scenario that's kind of why i also like not just doing target audience research online but also actually getting out there and talking to your target audience like if you can find them out in the real world somehow (laughs) if you go to a networking event or something along the conference yeah yeah actually like sitting there and talking to them is really really helpful because then you can see what are they like how are they referring to certain products and how are they referring to certain things so that you can understand okay this is how they understand this mess or like this is how I need to message it so that they understand what I'm offering so that's really important and then also like talking about brand positioning we've talked a lot about like messaging and things like that but brand positioning this is also the stage in your strategy where you really want to hone in on that which is like trying to understand how are you different and how is your product different from your competitors and how does it help define your brand identity and if there are certain terms that are very unique to you and your company you want to make sure like you stay consistent with those because those are the things that do help build brand identity or you know brand positioning because and I'm, I'm not saying that like that's all of it because there's so much more that goes into brand identity but right one of the things is like if you consistently use certain terms or like tone of voice in your messaging or whatever stick with that because people will start recognizing it so like if it sounds out of character like if something sounds out of character for the for you or for like the company or whatever people notice don't think they don't notice (laughs) yeah definitely and they'll notice notice if it's inconsistent too like if it sounds like it goes back and forth or like sometimes it's super formal and sometimes it's like super relatable like People will notice that. It's a little disconcerting. They're like, what's going on? And that really doesn't yeah. help contribute to building any trust or anything like that. So, yeah. Yeah. And a really good example that I just thought of is Bayes. I don't know if you know of the brand. It's yes. like a 
travel back yeah so by shay mitchell right yes i love a bunch of their stuff by the way oh my god (laughs) so do i yes did i tell you that i tangent (laughs) yeah i I sat in a warehouse sale like i went to their warehouse sale in southern california oh my god i stood in line for five hours dude i went to (laughs) did you really were we there the same day or did you go the day before i don't know i don't know oh my god I i went so we had tickets for Friday and we accidentally showed up at the wrong time. So they told us they can't get us in. So then we went the next and? day and we waited in line for like an hour or so. Even okay, though I so had tickets the day before. Wait, so wait, was this in like the summer or was this a different time? Because I know they've had one since. Yeah, this was this was just maybe like a month or two months ago. Okay, no, I went to the one before that. And at least, oh. okay. So hearing you say that, I'm glad that they stuck to the times because what happened was i think we went to their very first like warehouse sale i went with one of my friends and so we went on the sunday it happened on a saturday and i think you can look up like kind of what happened online but basically there were too many people and oh gosh so for the first day there were so many people that they had to give like not everyone actually managed to get in so then they had people like go back the next day Hmm. And it was just kind of like a big mess because people stood in line for like a really long time and then they couldn't get in. Like they were right there and they just oh had no more God, space. I'm... They had no more time. And I felt really bad. But we went the next day. All the people who were there yesterday that showed up again got to go in. Thank goodness. I stood in line for five hours. They did a lot. But they they had like water for everybody. There were tents. And so it wasn't that bad. But sorry. <laughs> I just had to share that one. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, that that says something because it's like, what brands will you go and stand five hours in line for? Yeah, You right. know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I told you, Bays, and you instantly knew who I was talking about. And we, exactly. we both were on the same page. So, and if anything, that kind of relates to what we're talking about, which is like having a strong brand identity, your positioning and your messaging. And the example I was going to bring up is, like Shay Mitchell, she has this like quirky, like this very interesting, unique way of talking about her uh-huh. bags. Like when she presents a bag, she like makes a lot of jokes. It's very quirky. It's not serious at all. Uh-huh. And all of their ads are the same way. So it's they like following the they same are thing. Being, like it's very unique. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And they they follow that same uniqueness in everything that they do, even if you go to their Instagram page, their posts are very similar. They're like when they respond in comments, they sound very similar. So right. all of that, it adds up. Like people will recognize, oh, that doesn't sound like Bayes if they were all of a sudden were to go formal, right? All of a sudden it'd be if weird. someone says, yeah, yeah. Like, who the heck is this? Like, are they new here? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if anything, that says a lot about the brand, I would say. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But also, side note, I got so many bags this time around. Did you? Got, what did you pick up? <laughs> oh my gosh. I got like the duffel bag, got a backpack. I got the hanging backpack. Oh, you got to tell weekender. me about the backpack. Ooh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't pick up a weekender because I bought one, ooh, like five years ago now. And I love that thing. And I was like, I need Same. more stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I got a Weekender a few years ago, and then I got another one because I could. Did you get a different size, or you were just like, I need more? (laughs) I got a different color. I have the beige one, and then I got the black one this time. 
Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. I had I bought the black one originally, and I've kind of stuck to it just because black goes with everything. I can't yeah. keep being clean to save my life. So, <laughs> <laughs> especially traveling. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Anyways, side tangent, but <laughs> we love those around here. So. Yeah. All right. Let's keep on moving. So the next key component in a marketing strategy, so this is number four out of the seven that we have for you guys, is goals and objectives. So I think, again, this is one of those things that like you want to start a business and you want to do it fast and you just kind of like bulldoze through and you just get the product out. But then in reality, you're like, you look back and you're like, what was my goal? Why do we do this? Like, what were my objectives Uh throughout all of this? So setting specific and measurable goals and objectives that you want your marketing efforts to achieve, whether they're related to brand awareness, leads, sales, et cetera, it doesn't really matter. You really need to sit down with yourself and your team if you have one to actually like set those goals and communicate them effectively across your team. Again, if you have a team. So that everyone's on the same page and you know what you're working towards because then if you don't know what the heck you're working towards, one, it doesn't create any like sense of team and accomplishment to begin with. But also like then you're kind of like working willy nilly. Your strategy will just kind of float around in the abyss or like in the (laughs) universe. It just kind of like you just go where the wind blows kind of thing. But when you have goals and objectives, you really know, okay, I am doing this because it relates back to XYZ goal and that like in order to achieve this goal, these are the steps I need to take. So the more specific and measurable the goals and objectives, the better. Yeah. And just to go off of that, like it's really tempting when you are the one in charge of what's happening and stuff to not set those goals because you think, or at least this is how I think, right? Like I can't speak for everybody. It's tempting to just be like, okay, I'll make sure that this happens because that's just what I'm going to do. But when you when it comes to like having a team or holding yourself accountable, you need to set goals. And this isn't even just for business, just life in general. Like having goals makes it so that you have something to work toward. Because otherwise, like Maida said, like it feels as if everything is just floating in the ether. Like there's no set timeline there's no whatever very easy to just let it slide back for a week maybe more sometimes even longer (laughs) because I'm definitely guilty of that like just in my own personal time management and then when it comes to if if it's like a self-driven project if I don't put timelines to it and I don't have like specific goals like I want this to do better than last time or whatever I don't feel very driven but maybe that's just me yeah no it's definitely not you not just you I mean (laughs) I I absolutely feel the same like I will be the first to admit like I have gone like longer like long periods of time at the beginning of our business and like even recently where I'm like I kind of lose either I lose sight of the goals because the other important thing is like once you set them make sure you revisit them (laughs) because Yes. Sometimes you just they just kind of get lost in in the sauce, right? In everything that you're doing. So I've been very guilty of this even lately because like we'll set some goals and like something doesn't work out and then we just like pivot and we don't even look back at the goal the original goal, right? So 
and again, I'm saying the like we, but I'm talking about myself here. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's definitely important, and you're not the only one. It happens to the best of us. It happens but, to everyone. Yeah, yeah, and I think like actually writing them out, writing them down, and like having it posted somewhere where it's very easily accessible will really, really help keep you on track with that. Yeah. And just finding a system that works for you, right? Some people mm-hmm. are really good at like doing stuff without having to write them down. And I'm really jealous of those people. <laughs> <laughs> but even if like just putting your goal for my goal for my business this week is to accomplish XYZ, stick it on a sticky note, stick it at the bottom of your monitor, put it somewhere where you're going to see it all the time, stick it in your planner. I don't care how many, I don't, wherever works for you, right? Mm-hmm. But like, just find a system and a way to keep yourself accountable to those goals. And even if you don't hit those goals, it doesn't matter. Sit down with them and evaluate them because that's the only way that you're going to pick anything up from those goals. Otherwise, oh, that didn't work last time. But if you don't think critically about it, you're not going to come away with it with like a new strategy or a new lesson or something that you could actually do something with. Mm -hmm. So be uncomfortable and be open to being uncomfortable. Yes, I love that. I feel like we could have an entire conversation just about that, what you just said, like yeah. being uncomfortable and no, growth for sure. and all that. All right. Just for the sake of time, I will move on to the <laughs> next key component, which is number five, prioritize strategically. Because I think a lot of times we end up doing a bunch of things because we think everything is important. And we give basically the same value to everything on our plate. But in reality, they're not the same. There are certain things that move the needle a lot more or a lot Mm -hmm. faster for you and your business. So being able to prioritize those things strategically is really, really key in your marketing strategy. So you can, you know, based on resources and whatever your budget is, if you have one, You can prioritize specific tactics that will be most effective in reaching your unique goals while making the most impact and bringing the, you know, having the highest ROI items up front and top of mind for yourself. So being able to stop and say, okay, I've got these 10 things on my plate, but in reality, these three things are the ones that are going to help me move my business forward today or in the next week or in the next month and then just going like blinders on focusing on those three things even though you have other things it's okay some of those things can probably wait just putting blinders on focusing on those three things and prioritizing those because strategically those are the things that will have the highest ROI and being able to prioritize those things is going to be really really important just having the ability to do that like the planning like that is mm-hmm. is like crucial yeah and to that's where having those concrete goals and objectives really comes into handy because say you have 10 things on your to-do list right like you wrote down everything that came to mind that you need to do for your business if like seven of those 10 things don't immediately align to your objectives and goals don't worry about them yet i'll tell yes. you what people always tell me when i'm like i have so much work to do you're always going to have a lot of work to do but what is the work that matters right now? And then something else. So ask yourself that question whenever, you know, you're feeling overwhelmed or you feel like you have to do all these things all at once. 
focus on what's going to align with the objectives and the goals that you have already in set in place. And then something else that I sort of am trying to adopt and live by. If everything is urgent, that means nothing is urgent. Yes, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Because if they're all weighted the same, then what? Okay. Are, are any of these actually really urgent? If the answer is yes, then okay, focus on those. And then let everything else kind of like depressurize a little bit. Take that pressure off yourself. You don't need to, you need to run yourself into the ground. <laughs> yes, I love that. And we actually had a episode in the past where we, where we talked about the priority matrix. Yes. I like, I went into detail describing like how to fill out this priority matrix. And I'm trying to remember what episode number that was. But I'll stick it in the show notes. So yes, if you're curious, please. like you're feeling like, I don't know what how to make this decision or what to focus on, check out the show notes. You will find a link to the other episode where Maida goes into detail about how to use a priority matrix because that will save you from feeling like you're drowning, I swear. <laughs> yes, it really does. And, and that's one thing that I've always used in my like professional career, like when I was back in corporate is when I really like initially learned about it. And then at first I was like, ah, oh, this is so much work. I don't care about this. Like, I'm fine. I'll remember <laughs> things or like my to-do list is great. I'm good with my to-do list. But then I was like, you know what? Let me just give this thing a try because right now everything just feels so urgent. Important. It's overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. So then when I actually put that exercise into practice, and I was able to focus on like two or three things, I was like, oh my God, this is life changing. This is <laughs> so way ever, better. Yeah, this is way better. So ever since then, I've just like, when every time I feel overwhelmed or I feel like there's just so much going on, I just quickly draw like the little X and I go through the exercise. And like Celine said, if you're curious what that is, refer to the show notes for that exercise or like that episode that where I describe it. Mm -hmm. But I end up using that like just really quickly. It doesn't have to be anything pretty. It literally will take you like five minutes or less. But even just that one small practice, it is so, so helpful in, in helping you prioritize what's actually important. Because to Celine's point, if everything is important, then nothing is important. <laughs> exactly. So that's one way you can do that. All right. We'll move on to the next key component, and that is... Number six, the execution plan. So everything has been great so far. We've talked about target audience, your goals, the messaging, and your research, and prioritizing properly and all of that. But none of that really matters if you've got the plan and you just sit on it <laughs> and you just don't do what you said you were going to do, right? So having a detailed plan and like having it along with a timeline for executing whatever it is that you need to execute, whether that's content, projects, programs, campaigns, ads, whatever. It will help you so, so much along the way to actually have that laid out and you can like go in there and see, okay, where am I at? What needs to happen next? What are what is what is my step today? What is my step tomorrow? And you can also track like, okay, what do I need to do today for XYZ marketing channel? What do I need to do tomorrow for this channel? And so on, so that it helps keep you accountable. It helps keep you moving forward in actually executing that plan. 
And to that point, it is so easy because I am a planning person. I love setting up calendars and projects and just putting things in my planner, whatever. You have to stick to it. Or at least you have to try to make yourself stick to it. Because if you don't, all you've done is write out a plan that you're not going to do anything with. And then, and then what? <laughs> and then you have to redo it because you missed your deadlines or whatever. Are you, were you saying that it's easy to plan or it's easy to skip the plan? Depends on the person, I would say. I, for me, it's really easy to make a plan, right? Like making a plan mm -hmm. is just what it is. I like doing it. I like looking at things by deadline, timeline. But then you have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the execution is hard, yeah. Yes. But you for have me, to put that down, yeah. Yeah. For me, I actually think the planning is hard, too. Like, for me, the execution is a little bit easier for me. And the planning of it is a little harder. Like, I kind of get stuck in the actual doing of the planning like actually laying it out in an excel sheet or wherever it's going to be wherever it's going to live like uh -huh. the actually like doing part of it all i'm like ah i'd rather just know what to do and i yes i just want to go for it yes but it's interesting that we're like the opposite in that way <laughs> i didn't know that yeah i mean I, I feel like it varies per person right and then just sticking to the execution. Yeah. But even like, I know you love planners and like you journal and all of those things. And I've tried keeping like a daily planner or like a weekly one or whatever. So, yeah. so many times. And every time I just haven't been able to, like, to stick, stick to, to it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that says something too. I mean... It's also sometimes what I find is sometimes it's a matter of finding like a system that you really like. Because for a while, I was like a bullet journal person. Like I would just make my own spreads, like the calendar, like the monthly calendar would have the information that I thought was relevant. Then it would break things out by week, by day, whatever. And then that was just too much work. Like I got really busy and I didn't want to make spreads anymore. <laughs> so then I tried to move to a daily planner and that was all well and good, but there's something about assigning a to-do item to like a day and then watching it move from day to day to day made me feel really bad. <laughs> no, <laughs> Even no. if it like totally made sense that I don't get to it. And so then I moved to like, I moved back sort of to like a weekly one, but like a pre-set up one. And I think I've, it's been like what, five years that I've been trying to find like a planner system that works for me. And I think I've finally maybe found one, mm, but it's like a I work would... in progress too. Yeah. I would love to know what, your system is but maybe on like a different episode but yeah no for sure that's that's interesting because i still haven't found it so maybe that maybe you will inspire something in me i don't know right now maybe. my my system right now like for me the more simple the better the like the quicker uh -huh. i can do it the better so for me yeah. it's like i literally live off of my google calendar on my phone like if and something comes up i punch it, it in yeah what's that that's a valid that's a totally valid way to do it right yeah so for me as long as it's on that calendar and i can like skim through my calendar and just see things visually sitting on my calendar on my phone like that's good enough for me but then obviously that still leaves room for certain things to get missed and things like that but yeah i'm curious about what your system is so yeah maybe we can we'll dive chat into about that, that another time <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> all right so the last key component that we're talking about here today, which is number seven, is 
measurement and optimization. So this is all about the data and the metrics and things like that, which again, I think it's one of those things that everyone kind of like knows they've got to do it and knows that it, like <laughs> data exists, but no one really wants to do it. No one really tracks it and all of those things. So first of all, you've got to start with defining your key performance indicators or KPIs so that you can even know what to track. So like, how are you going to identify if you're doing well in something, right? Like you have a goal and how do you know that whatever goal that was, whatever objective that was, is actually successful? Like, how do you know a campaign was actually successful? How do right. you know an email that you sent out was actually a good email? So obviously like, okay, in that instance, you're like, okay, I need to know did how many people read it or how many people opted out of my newsletter or like whatever right so that's how you can slowly identify what your kpis might be mm-hmm. so depending on where your goals are and depending on what's important to you that lead back to your goals you want to start identifying your kpis and then actually track them don't <laughs> skip over the tracking part because because it's again it's like okay cool i need to know how many people clicked on this link okay great um, actually look at that it. does not yeah, like actually look at it. That does not mean you only check it one time. It means you check it over consistently. Like, maybe in one week, maybe in one month. Like yeah. how many times are people clicking on your blog? Like all of those things. So you want to make sure you have, you put in the effort to actually track those things. Yeah. And because, to that point, yeah, no, for sure. Sorry. Um, No worries. I was just going to say because at the end of the day, it's going to help you understand what is working and what's not because if you don't know that a blog, for example, isn't performing well and you just think it is and you just keep writing blogs in a similar way, this is just one example, but you know, right. if you just keep writing it the same and no one's actually clicking on it, no one, it doesn't resonate with anyone, then you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot when in reality you could have just tracked it for like three months or so and then determined, oh, okay, this is not working. Let me try something different. So it could be as easy as that. But if you don't do that, it can be a lot harder. So don't make it harder for yourself. <laughs> yes. And like, there's a couple things to putting that, like the tracking component in place. One is, well, I'm not going to number it because there's a lot of different things that come to it. But it part of it is putting the effort in to actually build your systems or set your systems up in a way that you can actually track those things and make sure that the data is actually coming in correctly. Then, like Maida said, making sure that you actually look at them so that you can identify potential trends, any changes in things, et cetera. Because especially when you're first starting out or you're running with a really small team, everyone's time, especially your time, is so, so valuable. You do not want to waste a second of it on something that is not giving you the kind of return that you're looking for. And that's not to say that you give up on anything that isn't performing immediately, but you have to use your KPIs, your, your tracking, your performance, the measurement part to kind of like fine tune how much effort you spend in different places, right? So I don't know where I was going with that, but like using <laughs> data to make decisions is so crucial. Yeah. And that kind of goes hand in hand with the key component that we talked about, which is prioritizing strategically. And yes. I mentioned earlier that you want to focus on the things that have the highest ROI, your like return on investment. And you do not know 
what your ROI even is if you're not tracking exactly. your KPIs. So you're just like, shooting in the dark, hoping yeah, that something lands. Exactly. Like if you if I don't know, like for example, a product is selling really, really well and you notice that it is because you're tracking your data, you're tracking your revenue, whatever, then you know strategically, like, okay, I need to prioritize making this product even better or like I need to look at the feedback on this product to see what other improvements I can make to it. So like you wouldn't know to prioritize that unless you were tracking your efforts. So it all just kind of like, you know, is tangled up or like it kind of leads into one another as it is. So you you definitely want to track all of your KPIs. And it's the only way you'll see progress and growth too, or at least a way to kind of like gauge it. Mm-hmm. And who doesn't yes. like looking at numbers? Yeah, like I say how that satisfying as... is that? <laughs> right. And I say that as someone who became an English major because she hated numbers. So, you know, <laughs> take, take that as you will. <laughs> yeah, listen, listen to Celine because I was a data analyst for a very long time. So numbers, <laughs> I'm okay with. She loves numbers anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, give me all the stats. I love it. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's satisfying to kind of see like the changes and to kind of think of it critically that way. Because as mm-hmm. much as like it, as tempting as it is to like intuit what you need to do, like follow your intuition, your gut feeling, that's okay to like start maybe, but you have to put numbers to it. Like you can use your intuition or your gut feeling to guide your initial research, but you got to use concrete evidence when it comes to building a business and stuff. That's the only way it'll be successful because there are so many times that like someone has a really good idea, but they never put the systems in place. They never actually track anything. They don't hold themselves to these things. And then you kind of just watch this really good idea not go anywhere because they aren't laying down the path for it to go anywhere. Yes. I love that. All right. That was all the key components we had in store for you guys today when it comes to what a marketing strategy actually is, what it should contain. I really hope this was a very helpful episode for you. Um, Just as a quick reminder, the seven key components we talked about were target audience, defining your target audience, market analysis and research, brand positioning and messaging, goals and objectives, prioritizing strategically, your execution plan, and last but not least, measurements and optimization of your KPIs. So that is all we had for you guys today. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please make sure you share it with someone that you think could also benefit from it so that we can reach more entrepreneurs and small business owners just like you. Thank you again for tuning in and we will talk next time.